Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this afternoon, Ed Montana. Alongside me today, my brother from the same mother that we celebrated yesterday. That's right. That's my right. brother Alex. How you doing, buddy? We don't have the same mother. You're adopted. Look, if anyone's <laughs> adopted in our house, it's got to be you. A, no. mom was considerably older when she had you, so... The timeline doesn't work as well. She had me in her prime. Two, when it comes to looks, I mean, either she spent it all on me or you're adopted. I don't know. I think I have a little bit more of mom and dad than you do. Really? I th- you have more of dad than you do of mom, but I feel like I have, you know, a little more of both combined, yeah. I think. Well, you know, like I've said this before. So you're adopted. Said, you had to think about it. You're adopted. I've said this before, and I think this is part of it. Like... I live like a white guy, right? And our parents are not. Our parents are Hispanic. Right. You live more of a Hispanic life, right? A little bit. Which I guess is why you you think. Not. No. No. No, I think think, think traits and appearances. Really? Yes. I think you. Nah, I mean, if you go by looks. If you go by looks, I look exactly like dad. Right. But you have more of dad than you have of mom. I feel like I have. You have, you don't look like dad at all. Yeah, but I have his character. I have his character. I think. Mm. Yeah, I think I have more of his character than you do of mom's. Oh yeah, I don't. I have very little of mom's character. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, so you're adopted. Little. I mean, this is breaking news here. <laughs> <laughs> we should get mom on the horn and ask her which one of us is adopted. Yeah, which one Just tell us. Just go ahead and tell us. <laughs> Look, we'll keep it up like we're brothers, but at the end of the day, just tell us the truth. Just tell us Ed is adopted (laughs) so I can feel better. (laughs) So what's been going on, man? (laughs) You know... What have you been up to? (laughs) I've been thinking about this, right? Like, with this whole shutdown thing. And now it's starting to open up a little bit, so you do kind of have some stuff that you can do. Right. But, like, right up until that point... When people come up to you and ask you, like, I've been on the phone with different people, you know, work, business contacts, they call me, and they go, oh, how's it going? Don't you feel like an asshole if you say, it's going all right? (laughs) Right? Like, no, it's not going all right. right. It sucks for everyone. And then, but but then you don't want to give, like, the standard answer, right? Like, it's going all things, it's going okay, all things considered. Yeah. Or... During these crazy times, I, I think everybody that I, that I've talked to now here lately, they they no longer ask, "How's it going?" Well, see, but then you're an and asshole. I don't for, I don't ask either. So you're an asshole for not asking. Yeah, I like I think how you're doing is gonna go by the wayside. Yeah, I hey, they don't want to ask. That's fine. I tell you what, things have been opening up, right? And so for the people that only watch this podcast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they will notice that I have much less hair on the top of my head and on my face. They opened up uh, haircut places on Friday. Wait, you went week. to a barber to get your haircut? Well, yeah, you don't... You Out know. of all fucking places, yeah. you went to a barber? Yeah, absolutely. Terrible. Not my beard. I did that on my own. Still. But yeah, first thing in the morning, <clears throat> I took my son and I to go get haircuts. And I'll tell you what... It, I. Honestly, I did it more for my son because he had a mop on his head that looked like, I mean, he looked like, he looked like bushes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looked, it looked like a mop. Yeah, I mean, it was, 
It was crazy. Yeah, I, I don't plan on going to the barber. Actually, my son, I gave my son a haircut uh, during the week. Cause I'm like, I'm, we're not going to any barber anytime soon. So you might as well, if you want a fucking haircut, I'm the guy right now. You can tip me and all that stuff. My son wouldn't <laughs> let me touch his hair. He was like, no, absolutely not. Listen, barbershops, gyms, I'm definitely not touching. Barbershops, I'm, I think I'm done with. Because, I mean, my hair is fucking easy. Well, your hair is short. Yeah, exactly. It's easy. So I, I, I have no need to go to a barbershop. Gym, I'm not touching for about two weeks from the point they open up. Unless, unless I can, you know, have the... Uh, courage to wake up at like 4 30 in the morning and make it there by five so unless i'm one of the first ones in the gym i'm not going for a few weeks because they're just going to be fucking flooded so it's going to be it's going to be like january 1st all over again oh yeah the gym's over right right like people right. are just gonna people it's like new year's resolution time it's gonna be yeah. packed well pandemic they, resolution it's not going to be packed because they're not going to let everyone in but then people are going to wait outside Right, because yeah. they're probably going to do the whole twenty five percent thing, like they've done with right, 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 with restaurants and whatnot. Right, so you got to hope that not on top of waking up early, you got to hope that you're one of the twenty five percent in line to get in, right? Because yeah. if you're like on the very back, and then there's like three people ahead of you, and they all of a sudden that's where they stop the you know the going in, I'll be fucking pissed. I would turn around and go back home. I mean, that's like waking up to watch KBO baseball. No, no, no. That's not. That <laughs> like, is not. There's nothing wrong with that. Look, I have finally found out that it is not worth my time because I'm sacrificing my sleep for something that I have no long-term... I'm not investing myself long-term well, to watch the league. My team is 4-1. and one. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh. Actually, did they win today? My team's undefeated. Yeah, but I mean, the so, cafe lattes are not, you know. Look, I mean, I understand why you're not invested <laughs> because you didn't pick a team that is undefeated. Did I tell you that my team is undefeated? Yeah, five and up. Yeah, but I mean, it's a 144-game season. Hey, look, you got to go 5-0 and oh before you can go 144-0. and oh. Well, no, and then you got to go 6-0 and oh and 7-0. and oh. Well, yeah, but 5 <laughs> is still before 144. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, those are things that I'm not willing to wake up early for. I, uh, you know, I'm not a big sleep person anyway. I, I just, I just don't, sleep is overrated to me. And I just enjoy watching something that is real and it means something and it's happening right now. Like, I don't know what the end is. Like, I can't, I can't watch any more of the NBA finals from this past decade. I mean, I just can't do it. I know what happens even if I don't know what happens, I get on Wikipedia real quick and check. I mean, I just I don't have the patience for it. It's like yeah, but once I've got I've got all of these TV shows that I can watch, right? If I want not real stuff, I, I can watch regular TV. I can watch Law and Order. Yeah, but once <laughs> once real sports comes back, like American sports, you're not going to be watching KBO anymore. You're not going to be waking up in the morning. Even if it wasn't at on at 2, two o'clock in the morning, you wouldn't... I will probably follow it throughout the season. No if, way. If, if, put it this way. I mean, right? follow it how? Like, follow it logging in to see how your team is doing? Or follow I'll, it as in I'll actually probably, watching? I will probably watch some games. No too. way. That's First of all, that's I love to do. baseball. Yeah, I do too, I, I, but I want baseball junkie. Yeah, but I want real baseball, well, like it is real like baseball. real American. You know that I know just how to because, pronounce their names. I was just gonna say that, and I know just because you can't pronounce the name doesn't make it not real. Like I'm not gonna buy their jerseys. 
the KBO's jerseys. I'm not going to buy the Latte, them. The Latte Giants jerseys are nice. Yeah, it's a tough they watch, They resemble man. the San Francisco Giants jersey, yeah. but it's still nice. The black and then the other team looks like the Twins jersey. Oh, Almost it's the exactly. Twins. Yeah. Is that what they're yeah, named? LG, uh, LG Twins. LG yeah. Twins, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So... No, hard, I, hard to get into, especially without fans. Even harder to get into. I love it, and part of the reason why I'm loving it is obviously because there's nothing else to watch that's live. But also, I'm enjoying like seeing the differences, right, in the game. I'm enjoying. Uh, it's making me actually more appreciative of the MLB. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> look, the K, the KBO is a professional league, but they don't throw as hard. You can see the flaws in some of their swings. And in the field... They all had the same swings. <laughs> no, no, they don't. They're all but, swinging for the fences. Right, but, but you could, like... It's amazing how many guys you see drag their back foot on a swing. And it's like, how can you... How, you know, obviously... I'm how baseball, can you watch that? I'm a baseball junkie. And, I, and my first thought is, how can you hit a baseball when you're standing on one foot? You know, like it's... It's hard enough to do when you're on two feet. These guys are flying that back leg. And that's something that you don't see very often, right? In baseball, you may see a guy get, you know, jacked with his timing where his front foot doesn't quite get down. But you rarely see a back foot come flying away. Mm -hmm. And you see it here. And so to see them get fooled and, you know, it's made me appreciate the major the MLB game even more. Like yeah. I watch it, and always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of the comparisons, and and uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it because, I, like I said, I, I can't deal with the lack of you know live sports. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the throwback games. Oh yeah, a whole lot more than. Uh... <clears throat> Than that shit. Now, is that because you didn't watch them closely the first time, or is it just because it's I a good I, memory? Did you watch it closely the first time? Yeah, I guess I, that's my question. Yeah, I, yeah, I watched the very first night of of the KBO, but I, I no, just, no, no, I'm not talking about the KBO. I'm talking oh. about these throwback games. Oh, what about them? Did you watch the throwback games closely when they happened? So when you're watching the 2011 NBA Finals, mm-hmm. right? Do you did? Are you watching it and realizing a bunch of stuff that you had forgotten or not paid attention to? Or yeah. is it just entertaining to see, you know, high-level, high-intensity basketball? A little bit of both. Like, some games I forget how they actually played out. Right, like right. If, if I go back to, like, I don't know, 2013 and, 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 and back, <clears throat> I kind of I, I forget how the games played out, who played good, and who, you know. But, right. And, yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it's. It's what I'm used so to watching. So it does have a little bit of a little bit of reality to you, where you're watching the game and you know you're seeing stuff that you don't recall having seen. Yeah, I mean it's just sports. It's sports that you know I can always go back and watch, and you can and pronounce that I'm, all the names, and I can pronounce all the names, and I'm invested in it, right? So I'm gonna keep watching over and over and over. Yeah, it, and it's 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 fucking American sports, so you know. I'll watch it. Speaking of American sports, the UFC came back this weekend. Yeah. They had a card in Florida, because of course it would be Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, I know you're not as big a UFC fan as I am, but it was stacked. I mean, it was just an incredible card from top to bottom. Stacked. The card was stacked. The card was not stacked. Not the... 
not there was no fans. There were no fans. There was no fans. Um, and look, I think we have to get used to. We have to get used to the idea that there's not going to be fans. I don't think we're going to see. I've said this several times already, and I, there's nothing that's mm-hmm. changing my mind at this point. We will not see fans in the stands in 2020. I think it'll be sometime in 2021 before they figure that out. Um, but the UFC has been pushing and pushing mm-hmm. and pushing to put on an event, and they finally got to the point of putting on an event. And I tell you, it was great to watch, A, because the fights were great fights, great matchups. But also, it was, again, it's just good to see real life, so to speak, happen again where you don't know the result and you're excited to see how it's going to go down. I think, it, especially with fights, right, because fights have more of those ooh and ah moments than a baseball game does or a, a, a basketball game. Um, so not having the fans did make it a little bit weird in that regard but where where it lost that ooh and ah feel or or the electricity of a crowd it gained in you could hear every punch yeah and you could hear the corner people giving advice it almost made it more technical as a viewer watching it and I was actually watching it with about 10 other people so it's not like I was sitting in front of my TV at home but it was it was the contrast was so different that it, you could hear it. It was amazing. I loved it. So now there's going to be less socializing at you know gatherings like that, right? Because everybody's going to want to tune in to what the corner might be saying, right? If you're a viewer, it'll be like you know less, right? Because you want to tune in to see what the corner's saying, and well, there'll be less interaction with the people you're with. Well, how's that going to work in a bar? Well. That's another one, right? Like shit. I wonder I wonder what's gonna happen. But look, I think we were starting not starting to, but I think there've been we've seen different things where people don't wanna hear the announcers. They wanna hear the fights, they wanna watch it with their buddies. And I think now this gives people an opportunity to really hear that stuff. And, you know, previously maybe people didn't um didn't listen to the announcers and maybe now they'll turn the volume on, right? Yeah, could be. Speaking of which, uh, a buddy of mine, you and I actually haven't talked about this, but a buddy of mine wants to do a fight companion for the fight next Saturday. So we may do that. That'll be fun. I don't know if you want to do it. but Fight what? Fight companion. We watch it uh, and do a podcast at the same time. Uh, we go live. You should go for it. You don't want to do it? No, nah, I mean, you know, I, I watched like two, f- I mean, to bullshit, yeah, but I mean... I don't know. I'm, I'm not into UFC, and I it was it, it just got a little dull for me. The Which fights fight did. did you catch? I caught the f- I think the first two prelims, and then one on the main card, and then the the main event, the very last one. But I caught that one in the fourth round. So. Did you? Did you? So you just watched the fourth and fifth round of that one? Yeah. Did you enjoy the main event? I mean, for the two rounds that I watched. Yeah, I mean, like the fight itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean Ferguson didn't have any shot, man. He he got fucked up. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was, a, it, was a, it was crazy. So I don't know how the first I don't know how the first three rounds went, but I mean he he when I caught it in the fourth round, he he already looked like he was he was gonna done. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> it was amazing how much punishment that guy took. So. He ended up with a broken orbital. 
Fuck. Which is the bone around your eye. Well. Which, I mean, it, what a tough way to make a I work. never had a broken anything, but that sounds like it hurt. You've never broken anything? I've never broken anything. I broke my arm. I've broken my arm and my hand. Never broke anything. A few stitches here and there, but... It was an adult when I broke my hand. Yeah, I've had a few stitches here and there. Never broke anything, so... But it was all right. I mean, you know, I like that there was a positive test. That was uh, that was good, but you know. That was the only... That was I mean, it only, wasn't that, good. That but... was my only gripe about the UFC because I, I thought... I thought they did a great job of trying to deal with the whole pandemic, right? But then I feel like they made a huge mistake in how they handled that particular situation. Right? So the backstory is the guy trains in Orlando. He showed up on Wednesday. All the fighters were required to show up on Wednesday. Some showed up a couple days early. Showed up on Wednesday. And he told them that someone in his family had tested positive. In my opinion, at that point, you test them and you turn them around and send them back. You do not leave them there at the fight hotel. Or you put them in another hotel. But you don't, right, like, you don't, you send them back home. To me, the only right thing to do there is to send them back home. Have him self-quarantine. Because... And you're running the risk. And why, who's the, what's his name? Chakaray. No, no, the uh, Dana the White? yeah, Dana White. Why is Dana White not wearing a fucking mask? Why are these like head honchos, right, of these fucking organizations, especially after knowing that that guy at you have him go to the weigh in, and yeah. and you're not wearing a fucking mask, like. And, and he showed up. He showed up to the weigh ins and face offs. With mask and gloves. Right. But Dana White still fist bumped him, which yeah. I wouldn't have done. I would have fucking, like, dude, you stay back there. Yeah. Well, their face off was a wide shot. Yeah. But, I don't know. But I didn't look, get that. Part of, part of this is, I mean, this is part of the process that we're going to have to get used to. I think it's going to be the same thing when we go back to work. Eventually, when we go back to work, let's say they open up offices to 25%. <clears throat> Someone's not going to feel well, they're going to get tested, and they're going to have to self-quarantine. Do you know anybody that got it? No. Okay. No. I have a buddy that says he thinks he got it because he had the flu real bad in Mm. February, Um, but he doesn't know. He said he's going to order the antibody test to see if he's got the antibody, in which case then he's just going to go hog wild and go wherever the hell he wants. Yeah. Antibody, baby! (laughs) (laughs) So if you have, here's my question: If you have the antibody, can you then donate blood and give the antibody to everyone else? Hmm. Right. Uh-huh. And how much that's blood a, do you need from that person? That's a Dr. Fauci question. <laughs> yeah. Or Dr. Trump. Dr. Trump. Yes. 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 No, let's not have Dr. Trump say anything. Now, he, you know. Yeah. So. Each thing. Uh. Yeah. So I guess I don't know. I guess. I guess the. I mean, everybody was, was thirsting for live sports back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess you can say UFC was a success, but in the, if I had to guess in the back of people's mind, it's, it's not quite what they expected i think the fights from what i from what i gather were were pretty good for most for the most part yeah. but i don't think it quite felt like 
man, sports is back, and you know this is a you know, sport. This is, is back. great, you know. So, well, here's here's the thing. If you if you, I feel like I feel like a sport is back, and obviously it's not all sports. I feel like the UFC is back, and I think it's great. And I think this is just my own opinion. If you are expecting to feel like it, like it's going to take more than that to be back, you're going to be disappointed. Because I think baseball is going to look like that. I think basketball is going to look like that. I think <clears throat> hockey is going to look like it's going to. It's it. It is not going to be back. Right, it's not going to be normal what it's we were used be, to, yeah, right? It's, it's not going to be and, January twenty twenty uh, basketball, and it's it's the fans that leads yeah, you oh, to yeah, say that. Absolutely, it's a markedly different. Experience. I truly believe, and I and I I feel like I'm going to feel the same way. That's going to be a big void for the viewers. It's going to be a big void. <clears throat> like the product will still be the same in a way because the I mean I don't care what anybody says those fighters the players they feed off of the fans without a doubt they feed off of the fans the viewers me at home I feed off of the fans right the atmosphere right so that you know so that in a, in a, in in that's going to affect the product a little bit, not a lot. I think it's gonna affect it a little bit. May it may be glaring at times. It may not, but yeah. it's just it's not. It's just it's not gonna feel the same. It's, it's, going it's gonna to be a big hole there. It's gonna affect the experience much more than the product. But I think both will be affected. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> and, you, and you know, quite frankly, I think um, I think you're gonna. And obviously, I don't know this yet, but. You're gonna feel it even more if there's football with no fans. Think about when you're watching the pregame, right? And you and the, and they show that part of the pregame where the player, the players come running out on right. the field, right? And they got the cheerleaders and the fire, the pyrotechnics and stuff. They're not gonna have that, and, and or if they have it, no one's gonna give a shit because there's gonna be no one in the stand. The players probably aren't gonna be as pumped, and so I'll be I honest, think bro. I think you're really gonna be like. Well, that was kind of boring. I'll be honest, man. I, 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 these players, these players, they don't want to play in front of no fans, man. I mean, I, you know, whatever. It may happen because you know they have a obligation, right? Oh, yeah. Contracts and all that shit. I understand, but again, in the back of their minds, they don't want to go forth with this. Well, it, I- there's, there's a huge, there's that's definitely pulling them back from you know agreeing. Right, so they're going to take th- these but negotiations. But I think that's true. I think that's true of everyone, right? The owners they want the fans there. It's part of the experience. It's part of the the product. There's there's obviously a lot of revenue involved. Um, well, you know, the owners care about getting them to play already, right? Because they're going to get the the, the ratings and the TV stuff. So they really <laughs> they you know they plus they fucking sit in that press box. You know they hear the noise. The fans much less than than the actual players, right? Do, but, so. there, but there's still but there's still a significant not a, maybe not a significant piece, but there is there is a significant piece of revenue that they're going to miss out, right? Oh well, yeah, of the course. The gate, 
the 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 merchandise, the concessions. There's a lot of revenue there that they're going to miss. I don't think anyone wants to do it without fans. I think it's much more that we feel like we have to do it without fans, yeah. right? I, I'm interested to see, you know, I, I want I want to see a baseball game, a Major League Baseball game. I want to see an NBA game. I want to see a football game with no fans. I'm really interested to see if I'm going to feel the same way I do now. I, I'm really curious. I'm, yeah. I'm just curious. Me too. I'm just curious. Well, I'll tell you what, like uh, watching the Korean baseball games now, granted part of it is because I don't know all the players and whatnot, but but there is something missing with no fans there. Now, I'll be real curious with basketball, well, with everything really except for baseball, the sound, right? Because in basketball, you'll be able to hear the trash talking. Right. Are they going to have to bleep out all the cursing? Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, well, yeah right? football and basketball, right? They curse a lot in football and basketball. Well, yeah, and on all the sports. And in hockey, it'll be interesting because you'll hear, like, you'll hear every little... There's a lot of yammering that goes on in a hockey game yeah. as well. Not so much from a uh, not so much from a trash talk perspective until they get into a fight, but, like, all those skirmishes that you see around the net sometimes. Right. You know, I, I they're going to have to tell the guys to stop cursing no. because the FCC is going to... You freaking hitting the the bleep button the whole time. Yeah, it, it is going to be super interesting. But you know, going back to the UFC, I think it's I think it's great that they got it that they got something done. They got an event done. The fights were the fights were good. The fights were really good. The card was stacked. Um, and I think my only com- again my only complaint was the way they handled the Jacare situation. Um, I kind of understand why they didn't turn him around because then you're basically telling everyone else, don't tell me because I'm going to send you back, right? Like a lot of these guys want to fight. A lot of these guys need to fight for, for financial reasons, right? If you do that, to, if you turn him around and immediately send him home, guys are going to be like, I ain't saying shit, right? Um, I'm just going to be like, nope, everyone's good in my house. No. So... There's a there's a bit of a catch twenty two there for the UFC. You rather know than not know, but I think it, it could have been handled a little bit better. And look, they've got another card coming up on Wednesday. They've got another one coming up on Saturday. So I'm sure that this first card in this new world that we live in, I'm sure they learned something, and maybe they'll do something different next time, right? So it's a learning experience for them, and I'm hoping that it will be also a learning experience for the NBA and the MLB and the NHL and the NFL, right? Hopefully they share it with other, which I'm, I'm sure they are, sharing it with other organizations to figure out how to go about doing this. Is the uh, is it going to be in Florida? Yeah, the first three cards are, are in Florida. Florida. Okay. Yeah. Man, I, I, I wish players would come out and actually talk about how they feel about this and playing and, you know, playing... While we know that there's no vaccine, with no fans, the same way they, they did with, you know, the Astros, right? The baseball players were, were so vocal. There was like a, a handful of players that were well, pretty, a, pretty vocal. An interview every day. And so, yeah, so I would love to just hear what they, what they have to say. It, yeah. it's, it's, I'm, I'm curious for that, too. I'd be, you know, I'd be super interested in that. I'd also be super interested in hearing 
like what their plan is. I read an article about what the how the UFC was handling it and some of the details behind what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating the precautions that they were taking, stuff that I had not thought of. Um, it's like I told you before when we we're talking about baseball, right? You have to take all of your ideas about how this event works and throw it out the window. You have to find a way to not find a way, but you, everything has to be up for debate on how you're going to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I found very interesting with the UFC is they had a constant rotation of fighters and their crew coming in and out of the arena. So after the first fight, those two fighters and their crews are in two separate medical stations, right, to go, you know, to check them out. Then there's the fighter and the two crews in the fight, and then the bus arrives, and they've got the two fighter, the two fighters and their groups warming up for the next fight. Mm-hmm. As soon as the, this fight is over, those guys in medical are being transported back to the hotel, and then they're bringing in the next crew. They don't let those guys in until the fight's over, and they go to medical, and the guys from the so they were keeping. They only had three groups of fights or three fights worth of people right. in the arena at any one time, which I thought was like, I hadn't thought of that. Right. I was like, usually they have a blue corner locker room and a red corner locker room and they're all in there warming up and hanging out and stuff. Yeah. Not, 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 uh, <clears throat> not, uh, not on Saturday. So again, it's, you know, you're just going to have to change the way you think of everything. It's, it's, you know, everything is on the table. Everything is up for debate and improvement, which I right. think is great. So hopefully we will get more events uh, to talk about, not just the UFC, but obviously regular little stick and ball sports, team sports that we all enjoy so much. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, did you, uh, speaking of team sports, did you catch the last dance? Uh, yeah, yeah, caught the last two episodes. Seven and, and eight. Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of said this before this whole documentary aired. You know, it's been good so far. I'm gonna, Obviously, I'm going to watch the last two episodes. But eh, for me, it's kind of like getting a little bit stale, right? There's a few pieces in there that, you know, that I haven't seen before. I haven't heard of before, right? About Michael or about the Bulls, but now it's like, you know, I already know, like, you know, he was a competitor, he fucking loved to win, he pushed his teammates, uh, pushed his teammate in the face, yeah, punch, punch, punch Kerr in the face, Kerr has fucking eight titles, did you fucking, did you realize, I didn't realize that until the documentary, that he's right. got eight titles, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, he's, I mean, he's a hell of a, shit, he's, it's funny, we were watching it last night, my son asked me if he's in the Hall of Fame, I go, no, not yet, I think he will be eventually. When you take into account playing and coaching, I think he's going to get in. I mean, one day. But he won't get in as a player. He might get in as a coach. Well, whatever. He's going to get in. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> but so yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of reached a you know a, like a stale point. So saturation eh. point. Yeah. So the, you yeah. know the 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 part that struck me. Because now they're at a point where they've made it through everything except the basically the last finals, right? Right. They've made it through the first three and then the second three. How many great players 
basically don't have a ring because of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Right? Like, it's incredible. Patrick Ewing, a good part of the reason he doesn't have a ring, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. Uh, Carl Malone. Clyde Drexler does, right? But he got his with Houston. Um, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Reggie Miller, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing that there are so many guys that don't have rings, and it's because they played at the same time as the greatest player who ever played the game. And you know what else stood out? <clears throat> Pippen. 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 Pippen is definitely a, a Robin. He can never. He would never, never be, a be a Batman. I mean, if you look at his some of his stats while Jordan played, I mean, they were like much. They were considerably lower points per game and all that stuff. Right. I mean, they were lower than Jordan's. And then Jordan left for two years, and you know he bitched and moaned because he wasn't going to get the rock in the last in the last few seconds. In, Which uh, I understand in, in, his in, point in ninety. Four, right? You know what I mean, and then you know, and they gave it to crew coach. So I don't know, man. I, I I'll tell you about speaking specifically about that. I understand his point, and I agree with him. I don't agree with not going in, but he should have fought that. I agree with him fighting that battle. Mm-hmm. I think he just picked the wrong strategy to fight it, right? right? Because right. that's not what a leader does. Yeah, and you know. Credit to Phil Jackson, right? Who was willing to willing to change, right? I mean, he here he had spent how many years with Michael Jordan, and there was no question how you were going to draw up a play, right? Who who you were drawing up a play for in that situation, and now Jordan is gone, and he's willing to draw up different plays, right? This time it was for Coach, but I'm sure he drew up a lot for Scotty, and and you know he was willing to change. And it just goes to show the might of Michael Jordan and also the flexibility of Phil Jackson. I think Phil Jackson, to hear his comments throughout this documentary, I think that guy doesn't get, I can't believe I'm going to say this, I don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah. I mean, managing those egos and and managing the, the, the media circus and all that stuff is... I masterful think, job. I agree to an extent. I, I I I disagree because the one who was really managing all that was fucking Michael Jordan. Mm. The way he went about the games, the practices, all that stuff. I think he he was managing how everybody, uh, you know, was would would respond to. To the whole situation, whether it was Phil calling plays or whether it was Michael Jordan, uh, you know, bringing the intensity every to every game. Where Phil Jackson, to me, get should get most of the credit is with the Lakers because there he had to manage two Batmans. See, and they and and it's funny now that I think about it, they split up because it was two alpha males, right? Right, and with. With uh, with the Bulls, you have Pippen and Jordan. It was clear Jordan was the Batman. Robin was the uh, Pippen was the Rob Robin, and they stayed together. And now I now I kind of think about. It, I'm like, man, fuck. If they 
if Jordan would have never retired, they probably would have won eight, eight in, in a row. row. Right? Like, I've, I've wondered that. Shit. I've wondered that plenty of times. I kind of agree with you, but I kind of don't. I think that there's more to managing. Because, you know, Michael Jordan in the documentary makes several comments about Phil telling him to tone it down. And, and it, it takes, look, Michael Jordan could not walk on that floor and win a basketball game by himself. He just couldn't. He needed four other guys, right? And he needed every single one of those guys because if they played five on four, he wouldn't win. And I think they knew that, and I think that's what allowed the players to buy in to the whole system, which is why I kind of feel... that's Phil. To me, that's Phil managing those egos. All those guys have their own egos. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. right. So... But but having... Someone's got to manage But having a star... Of Michael Jordan's caliber and how and his intensity, right? Like how he, you know, how he was tough on on his teammates. I think his teammates, like you hear B.J. Armstrong talk, you hear Kerr talk, Will Purdue, Bill Winnington, like they all accepted that role playing role, right? Mm-hmm. And that and. They didn't have any egos. Like, they didn't, you know... I don't know. I, I right, can't but, put it into words, but... Right, but I feel like... I think that's just... I think that's exactly the point. They played like they didn't have egos, but the fact of the matter is they all had egos, just to a different degree, right? I think Horace Grant had more of an ego than... He definitely did. ...than, you know, Bill Wennington. But they all had some kind of ego. They were all professionals in their own way. And... You know, Phil and Phil had to manage Michael Jordan, right? Like, remember, remember when they talk about uh, Dennis Rodman wanting to go to Vegas? Right. Now, most NBA coaches, if a guy wants to go to Vegas and comes into his office and he says he needs a vacation, I need to go to Vegas, blow off some steam for a few days. What do they do? They have a conversation, right? Me, coach, you, player. Right. Phil Jackson called Michael Jordan in to try to get it all to work, right? To to See, so Phil Jackson didn't know how to manage Dennis Rodman. He needed no, no, some no. backup. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but he was smart enough to not alienate Rodman and get Jordan to buy in with the idea of him going to Vegas, knowing full well that if Rodman reneged, he could get Jordan to bring him back. And he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to be the bad guy. Because on a team, you know this, you've played team sports, your teammates... It's you feel more accountability to your teammates than you do to the coach or to the fans, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, you didn't have fans. I had fans. Um, so I think that again, that's all knowing how to manage all of those egos. I, you know, I, it's just it's phenomenal to me to watch that part of it as well because yeah. it is it it's, it had to be extremely difficult. It had to be extremely difficult. You know, like, you see all those clips of Michael Jordan sitting in that room by himself. He wasn't even in the locker room with the teammates. You know what I mean? At, at times. And that kind of special treatment, that takes that takes some management from the head coach or a manager in baseball, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just fascinating. To me, fascinating stuff. I don't get tired of watching it. Um, what was the other thing I, I was going to bring up? The other thing that struck me a lot was his his first retirement, right? Mm-hmm. I was a I had just graduated college when he retired. 
So, so he, I graduated college and was in the work world, and he went on to win that third championship. Mm-hmm. And his father passed away, and or his father was killed, and then, um, you know, then he retires. And I remember back then, like I, I, I vividly remember this, and I remembered it even more seeing it play out last night. I was like, this dude just has to be sick and tired of this shit, right? Like, here he lost his dad, and, and you know, it wasn't just a, a little bit of speculation that his gambling had something to do with it. There were articles, like, op-ed pieces written in the New York Times, mm-hmm. basically accusing him of being at fault, that his gambling problem or, or right. whatever, his gambling debts got him killed and it was like and I remember when he retired I thought to myself good because that's got to get annoying and he was the most recognizable face on the planet at the time absolutely the most recognizable person on the planet he retired but he didn't retire because he was still in the news I mean he went he went and played another sport that has right. you know had right, he high visibility basketball. right but he didn't retire from the you know from the limelight from the being right. in the media and you know having to answer to reporters every day so uh, yeah pretty the comments from Terry Francona were pretty interesting too yeah. had, he, had he stayed right he would have made uh, the major I think leagues. he would have made it I think he would have made it eventually. Mm-hmm. They said. I mean, I the, can't remember anybody in the outfield from that White Sox team. Uh, I don't. The uh, the the comment that he made that I found interested interesting was he said, "No doubt, if he had fifteen hundred more at bats, mm-hmm. he would have made it." So if you do the math, he was thirty. He was thirty at the time. Fifteen hundred at bats is roughly three years. So he would have been 33. I mean, things kind of would have had to line up just right for him. But he could have made it to the major leagues at 33. You don't hear very many guys making it it to the MLB for the first time at 33. But maybe. Certainly from a marketing perspective, it would have been a... Oh, yeah. It would have been a huge yeah. win for the White That Bears. alone would have gotten him up to the show, so... Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> the other thing I found interesting is, of course, the whole conspiracy theory. Did Stern, in fact, um, suspend him for 18 months and... He shut it down. You know me. I'm not a, I'm not a conspiracy guy at all because I, I, think, I think it's a lot more difficult to keep stuff like this under wraps, especially for 20-some-odd years now. Uh, it's much more difficult to keep stuff under wraps than people think. Well, of course Stern's not going to say even if he did, but guess what? If it was just between Stern and Jordan, guess what? Fucking Stern is dead. <laughs> I mean, it but, ain't. But, it definitely ain't getting out. <laughs> but again, there's no, there's no, there's no way to keep it just between the two of them. Someone has to find out somehow because he's got to get paid because. The NBA has to cover their ass. He still got paid during those years, they said. Yeah, that was, I thought that, that was, was incredible. Um, the NBA's got to cover their ass in case of a lawsuit. So the there you go. involved. David Stern said, hey, I still pay your salary. Just keep your mouth shut, Jordan, and we'll, you know, we'll keep this on the reps. Well, see, if that was the case, he would have had to get the Bulls involved. I think well, it, it, it's, 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 it's I don't damn think... near impossible for it to be just two people. And if it's anything more than two people, 
fuck, even two people, it's almost damn near impossible for someone not to leak something. I don't know, it's man. It's crazy. Do you think... Do you think Michael Jordan would be looked on as favorably today as he was back then? And the, the angle I'm going for here is with the way social media is where everyone has a camera, right? Everyone has a camera in their hand. A video camera, no less, right? Uh, social media, you got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Do you think he would be the same? Do you think he would be viewed the same way today as he was 25 years ago? Would he be viewed from who? Just like, in general. Yeah. Would, there would be we, more more from him. We would be able to see more from him. Do you think we would think he was more of a dick or less of a dick? Probably the same. You think so? Yeah. I wonder because like I, I think... Well, I don't know. Kobe, when Kobe was around... I mean, he was a he. I mean, he was a dick to his teammates, and he, you know, social media was around then. And I don't think I don't remember seeing a lot of stuff about yeah. him out there. To I be don't honest, know. like, I, you know, what I thought about as they were talking about that, I was thinking about LeBron James and Taco Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. He he got on this kick for a while doing Taco Tuesday on Twitter and all that stuff, and we didn't get to see any of the fun stuff from Michael Jordan. All we see or all we hear is how much of a dick he was to his teammates. But I wonder if we, if, if with social media, with everyone having a camera phone, if we wouldn't get more of the, you know, Michael Jordan talking to kids or no. or other people, uh, you know, no. maybe interacting with his family and things like that. No. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I think Jordan is a very private person and he is really focused on... On him. That's not to say that he doesn't care about right. others and you know organizations that he's involved with because he's involved with plenty of organizations in, in Charlotte, I believe. Mm-hmm. But he is very much to himself, and and I think that competitive tickle that he has for every little thing makes yeah. him like that. So it alienates everybody else. That's why his circle is so tight, I believe. Yeah. Which is a good possibility that his circle is keeping everything on the rack. But you know, but no, no, I, I think I, you know, I don't think social media would would affect him, and I don't think. You don't think he would be more open? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. Well, I, I mean, but after watching, after watching like the first two episodes, I mean, the guy is fucking. There's nobody that's gonna tackle competition the, the way he has. I mean, I haven't seen it, and it's been, what, 25 years since yeah. he... Yeah, it's right? crazy. So I, 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 he's just not going to fucking see it. It's, it's damn near speechless of how this guy was just so hungry to win. I mean, everybody wants to win. He just he just went about it a whole different way. And, well, he took it to a different and level. And he didn't care if he pissed off his teammates. Like he says, if... I wanted to play that way. If you didn't want to play with that that way, then don't play that way. But this is how I found it interesting that yeah, you know, I, I think if I recall correctly, he's only gotten emotional in the documentary twice. Right. Once talking about his dad, which yeah. I understand, and two, he got emotional when he made that comment when they yeah. talked about the whole competitiveness and teammates and how he plays, and he got emotional at the thought of. I'm being criticized yes. for playing the game hard, and he's you know he, he had to bite down for a bit. He said, 
I want to play that way. And if you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Right. And it almost it almost brought him to tears to think that other people don't want to play that way. That's how that's how singularly yeah. focused he, he is. And like how could anyone amazing. else not want to play that way? Right. In competition <laughs> sports, right? Where you're getting paid top dollar, where yeah. it's you know, it's the whole goal is to win a championship, yeah. right? In whatever sport and I mean, you don't want to play that way? <laughs> it's just but, like it's almost like you're wrong, right? Like it's almost like you're the weirdo. Right. No, right. Michael, you're the weirdo. That, In a good way, but you're the weirdo. Michael Jordan must have applied somewhere to be someone's hitman because that little video of him after getting beat by B.J. Armstrong in game one against Charlotte, the guy's sitting there in the locker room, cool as can be, cigar in his mouth, and a fucking baseball bat. <laughs> Michael Jordan must have been or must wanted to be a hitman because he, he's like, I'm going to take him out. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what he did, well, yeah, right? He did. I mean, crazy. The one thing that I will say... And I, I, I thought about this after like the first two episodes or like the third episode. The one thing missing from this documentary is Jerry Krause. Well, he's I, I know. I would have <laughs> I would have loved to see yeah, to hear love. him talk about this. I would love to hear that too. And what he would have to say. Uh, I wonder if he would I wonder if he would walk back some of his comments yeah, about definitely. Right. He yeah. he always he always touted the organization right. above the players and yes. above Phil Jackson. He touted the entire organization, which, you know, he gets a lot of heat for it. But in a way, like, he's right. Like, right, it's a team sport. So, tout the organization. Tout the, he touted the entire mm. team, right? Even the people who didn't step out on the court. Yeah. And so, I don't have a great problem with his comments. Um, well, you got. We have to understand. Also, he's he's looking at it from a different perspective, right? He's, well, he wants to make his stripes too, right? Right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I wonder if you know, look, looking back, right, doing this in twenty twenty for him, if he would have been like, man, I, you know, yeah, I regret saying this, or yeah. if I would have taken, or I would approach a little differently, or I would have, I would have intervened because I, I doubt he intervened. Reinsdorf probably did. But he, if he would have went in and tried to convince Michael not to retire, right? Right, right. Like, I, and I wonder if we won't see that next week when they do episodes nine and ten, and they get through the entire three P, the Maybe. second three P. Right. I wonder if at that point we won't see some clips of Jerry Reinsdorf talking about, you know, his thoughts about Jordan retiring the second time and losing Phil Jackson and you know trading Scottie Pippen and all that yeah. stuff. I wonder if he will not have. They'll have some clips from, say, you know, 2004, right? Where he talks about the past uh, before he passed away. It'll be interesting. Very Sucks interesting. that it's ending. But they have a Maguire and Sosa documentary. Is that coming out? Uh, Long Balls? I think I, heard, I think I heard something about that. That's great. And then ESPN is also showing the E60 on Roy Halladay. That I want to watch, too. That one I almost don't want to watch. That one I almost do want to watch. <laughs> I, I almost don't because... I like obviously we you know found out, we found out a lot about about you know what was in his system when he passed away and all this other stuff. I think he had issues. Oh yeah. And I yeah. don't and unfortunately we're not going to get to hear his side of it, 
right? We're not going to get to hear what he went through. I guess maybe some uh, older clips, but or even how he's doing, like in the years since, right? Like maybe if that was if that plane crash didn't kill him, maybe if he had just had a scare, maybe yeah. his life would be different, right? I just, I kind of. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll watch it, but I oh, it'll be so interesting. Don't want to see it. It'll be so interesting because me personally, I did not know that he had a substance abuse problem, substance abuse problem, and I and we're good. And we're definitely going to hear a lot from the wife, who obviously right is you know other than coming from Roy Halladay's mouth, his wife is going to you know yeah, say probably be Roy Halladay. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, this is going to be fucking great. I can't wait to watch it. The Social Maguire one's going to be interesting, too. Yeah, I want to see that, too. Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be a documentary or just like a one episode, but I hope it's a... <laughs> I hope it's... I mean, I want to see all the way from Black Sosa to White Sosa. <laughs> I was just going to say, are we even going to recognize Sosa? In, in, the, in the early parts of the doc, doc like, we will. You know how, you know how on, the, on The Last Dance they have these clips of Michael Jordan doing the interview that is obviously very recent, right? Right, right. I wonder... If they have, if they're gonna have those clips with Sammy Sosa, we're gonna be like, who the hell is that guy, well, and why does he keep talking about Sammy Sosa? Well, you know what they're gonna have to do? They're gonna have to fucking, uh, you know, mess with the filter <laughs> on the camera so we can get the, you know, the dark version of Sosa. And we're like, oh yeah, that's Sammy. They're gonna make a mistake, and the little stars are gonna come out. I mean, <laughs> one of those yeah, Snapchat, Snapchat, yeah. or when he opens his mouth, like the cat tongue, you know, the dog tongue. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> oh shit, wrong filter. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll definitely watch that one too. Can't oh, wait, man. can't wait, man. Yeah, that, well, yeah, I'm, I I love document doc, documents. What kind of documents? I love documentaries. I think they're uh, they're awesome. Uh, I actually just finished watching Waco on Netflix. Waco. Yeah, about David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Oh, I don't know who the fuck they are. I'm <clears> guessing throat> from throat> Texas. That was in the early '90s. They had this guy who was kind of a religious. I don't want to call him a cult leader because <clears throat> I think it's unfair to call other people. Basically, no one ever refers to their own religion as a cult, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, obviously, he believed, he had his religious beliefs, and so I don't think it's respectful to call him a cult leader. Um, but he was a religious leader, and you know, eventually the uh, ATF and the FBI went in there and Several people died. You know, there was a siege and all that. It mm. was very, it was very, very interesting. Very good. It's a piece of history. It's quite interesting too because it's told from the perspective of uh, a latecomer to the Branch Davidians mm-hmm. and an FBI negotiator. And the FBI negotiator was very uh, didn't want anyone to die. Like he always believed that there was a way to negotiate these situations through. So that no one would die, and so obviously they're told those two people. Certainly, the person that was a Branch Davidian, it has a little bit of a slant in favor of David Koresh, which over the years we have not heard, um, and it makes it very, very interesting. I recommend it highly if you uh, if you have six hours to, uh, to oh, spend fuck. on it. Six hours. Oh, it's a six-part documentary. Oh, okay. Right. So, look, it, Sunday. You know, next Sunday's the last. Two episodes of The Last Dance, so the following Sunday, you know, throwbacks. Go go back to go back and watch Waco, and you can watch it in three Sundays. Yeah, there you go. The other thing that I found interesting about Michael Jordan was how he he made 
he made challenges in his head, right? <laughs> I mean, he just he just took whatever and said, "The guy's a liar." Really? He's like, "Really, George Carl, you're not gonna say hi to me? We're both we both bleed North Carolina blue, and you're not gonna say yeah. hi to me in a restaurant? That's it. I'm gonna torch you guys." <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, hey, fucking, he took it to the extreme. And you know what? But but it it works. I mean, I've yeah, done for it for him. It right? works. I, I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. And I, I, I did it. I did it with something that was very, very important to me. Right. Someone made one comment to me, and I said, "Oh yeah." Actually, I've done. I can think of two times distinctly that I've done it. Right. Where someone said something to me, and I went, "Oh yeah, watch me." And so, it works. Yeah. You know, when you take that slight, it gives you that motivation. Oh you yeah. Know, we always hear about bulletin board material. It didn't have to make it to the bulletin board for Mike. Mike just. Yeah, he would. I mean, and you're right. Sometimes he would make it up, right? That's the whole crazy. thing with the guy from the from the bullets. Yeah, a guy from the bullets. The bullets. The bullets. Jeez. I wish they would bring back the bullets. That was a cool logo with the two hands. Yeah, the whiz. Now they're the whiz. The whiz. Yeah, not good. <clears throat> so that's uh, it, you got anything else? Nah, on the man, last I'm, dance. Um. On the UFC, on sports, on life, anything you'd like to share with us? There's nothing left, man. Just uh, nothing left. Stay safe. Yeah. You got a shout-out? Nah, no, man, no shout-out. My shout-out goes to Justin Gaethje, the guy who won the main event. That was a masterful performance. He's usually a, he's usually the kind of guy that just blasts forward and you know swings for the fences. He's always said... Uh, I don't expect any of my fights to go to a decision. I will either knock you out or you will knock me out. But it, it'll be done before, the, before it gets to the judges, uh, which is kind of crazy. And he, the part that I find really cool is that he is completely comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Not, and it's, yeah, he obviously thinks he's going to win, but he's completely comfortable with the other side of that. Like, he's been stopped twice, and he's completely comfortable with it. When he was undefeated, he said... Someday someone's going to get me. So, you know, he, he went, and but he was very tactical on Saturday and ended up winning the interim lightweight championship for the UFC. Now he gets a date with uh, what some people call the greatest lightweight ever in Khabib Nurmagomedov. And that should be a banging fight as well. Hmm. So, <clears throat> share your thoughts with us. Uh, if you want to email the show, you can do that, positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of Alex over here, how do they do that? On Twitter at BrooklynGaucho1. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Twitter as well, at emontana21. And I guess we've come to the end of another wonderful episode of the Positive Sports Podcast. Uh, be on the lookout, because I think we will definitely, I think I will definitely be doing a UFC podcast with uh, with a buddy of mine who's also a big UFC fan and poker player and maybe we'll make Alex come and he can tell us other stuff instead of talking about fights the whole time right right you gotta have other stuff right it's oh yeah, yeah. when you're watching fights with your buddies you don't just talk about fights you talk about all kinds of stuff so That's right. maybe we'll maybe we'll get you to come along for that uh, as always folks ignore the negativity be the positivity peace.